Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. <laughs> Welcome. We're doing our series called Living Forward. And um, our theme scripture for this series is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. And this is what this series is living forward. It's about the journey that we're all on in life. And how that as we travel in life, as we look forward, uh, we want to have this, this sense this consciousness of God every step that we take. That's the purpose of life, is to walk with God. And our goal is to keep developing that deeper sense of God in our lives. And so this series is to help us understand how do we walk with God? What does that look like, walking with God, okay? Um, it's a quote from a certain Christianity. He says, life is best understood looking backward, but it is best experienced looking forward. And what does that mean? As we look back, and this series, Living Forward, is actually a, a looking back series. We look back over the, the lives and the journeys of different biblical characters so that we can draw wisdom and principles that will help us as we live forward. And so that's the, that's the point of it. Um, we'll do a quick review. We started with Jesus because we always begin with Jesus, don't we? Uh, and so we looked at Jesus and the journeys that he took. We looked especially at one particular journey, his first recorded solo journey when he went into the wilderness. And we said, what do we learn from Jesus' first recorded solo journey? And then we, we had Pastor Timothy come and he shared his story, uh, 70 plus years old, a veteran of ministry. It was powerful. I think one of the most energetic guys at 70 plus years old, I think he was one of the most energetic uh, communicators that we've had. But don't worry, they'll be back in a few months and, uh, and they'll, they'll be with us some more. Uh, Joseph, then we looked at Joseph's life and his time in Egypt and what that journey taught, teaches us. Uh, then we looked at Mark and Ann, Living Saints, uh, part of our, our team here and their journey. Uh, and then Kevin Na, who was the leader of this congregation before me, and he shared his journey of being a lawyer and working as a, as a leader of the church and raising a family all at the same time. And lastly, Paul and some of his uh, lessons to the church at Philippi on how to find rest and peace in the journey. And so today we're going to look at maybe one of the greatest journeyers of all time in the Bible. We're going to look at Moses, all right? So today's going to be Moses. He, um, he's amazing, Moses. When you look at his life, he, he was the one who probably the most epic journey in the Bible, the, the, known as the Exodus. In fact, there's a whole book in the Bible named Exodus about that journey. When the children of Israel went to Egypt, grew from a family clan of maybe 70 people into a nation of a couple million people, and then became like the, the um, they were the economic force of Egypt, which was really the powerhouse uh, of that time, the powerhouse nation, probably the most powerful nation in the world at that time. And, and, and he led them out of there. I mean, Moses was an amazing guy. How would you like to face down the leader of the most powerful country in the world and tell him, I, I want to take your cheap labor and, uh, and leave with them? <laughs> and then he said, no. Uh, and so Moses by himself, but with Aaron by his side, he, he had to fight to, to get them released, but he had God with him. 
And then he took them into the, the desert, into the wilderness, which was a whole nother journey. Had two million people in a desert, you know, no food at times, no water at times. Uh, this, this journey that he had them on. Uh, so we love to talk about the miracles that happened and how God kept them healthy. Uh, 40 years of divine health. Nobody, the Bible says none of them got sick, uh, but then they all died because they didn't walk in faith and trust and they missed out on the promise of God. And so this first generation that really walked in divine health, and we've, you know, we've seen divine health here at different times, miracle, miracle healings, uh, and that's doctors saying that. That was a miracle. Uh, on multiple occasions, we've seen God do miracles like that, and we're believing God for more. Um, but how tragic that the first generation, a whole nation that walked in divine health and healing, and they all missed out on the promise of God. They all stopped trusting God. And, and we don't want to make that same mistake. So we learn, we're going to learn from them. We're going to learn from Moses. Uh, how, how about 2 million people beginning to starve to death? You know, that's, that's, um, that's a pretty big leadership challenge when you're in the middle of the desert and saying, how do I feed 2 million people? How do I get them water? They're starting to die of thirst, uh, die of starvation. And, and God came through and Moses led them through those times. So we're going to learn what are the secrets of Moses leading them? Because the journeys of life always have challenges. If your life hasn't had challenges yet, um, just hold on, you know, next week. You know, all of our lives have challenges, right? But we want to know what is God's intention in leading us on a journey through life, complete with challenges, failures, disappointments, confusions, miracles, joys, and triumphs. How does that all mix together to shape who God intended us to be? What, what is God's intention uh, for this journey? All right, so we're going to give you a little preview of God's intention or where Moses grew to. Exodus chapter 33. Moses and God are having a little conversation. And God's telling him, now Moses, I'm going to take you to the promised land. But these two million people you're with, they've learned a lot of bad habits when they were slaves in Egypt. And I'm kind of thinking, I don't want to be there with them. So I'm going to give you an angel. It's going to be great. You're going to fulfill all of the, the promises that I gave you. Uh, so go, go get them. You'll have that, you know, um, you'll have help from the angel. And, and goes, Moses said, uh, no, God, I, I don't want to go without you. In other words, Moses said, I have this deep consciousness of when you're with me and when you're not. And I don't want us, I don't want just a substitute of an angel. I don't want just the miracles and the provision. I want you. So are you going to go with me or not? And then the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. And I will give you rest. The kind of rest we talked about last week. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't go personally, go, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. In other words, I'm okay to stay in a desert. I'm okay to, I'd rather stay in slavery or in a desert with your presence than to, than to see every promise fulfilled without you personally being there with me. So how does a person get to that kind of a relationship with God? Because I got to tell you, honestly, I'm not always there. Sometimes I'm just happy with the blessings of God and I leave God behind. And I'm just happy for the peace of God or the provision of God. And I totally stop the communication with God. So how do we get to that point? So we're saying, God, the promises all pale in comparison to the relationship with you. We'll go on to verse, the next verse there. Um, how will anyone know that you look favorably, favorably on me, on me and on your people? If you don't go with us, 
For your presence amongst us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. See, that's God's intention for us, is that we would be a people of the presence of God. That we would be a people who walk with a sense, that deep consciousness that, uh, that First Peter talks about, that deep consciousness of God's presence in our lives. God said, promises that he'll never leave or forsake us. So he, the truth is, he's always here with us. But it's our consciousness of him that changes. And so what were the secrets that Moses learned in his journey that taught him to have this deep consciousness of God in his life to the point where he'd say, I don't want all the, the blessings, the provisions, the promises, all that pales in comparison to your presence with me. That's our prayer for today. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and, and we're, we ask, Lord, as we take these next few moments and look into your word, that God, you would show us. Just, Lord, a, a, a key here, a, a, a perspective there, a, a practice that we can do that will help us, Lord, to become more and more conscious of your presence that never leaves us. Father, our prayer today is that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us and that today would be more than just a time of, of information or inspiration, but truly a time of, of our lives being transformed by the words of life that only your spirit can speak into our spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, a quick overview. Uh, a quick overview of the message today. I have that there. Uh, today's all about choices because really how we come to God and how our relationship with God deepens comes down to choices. It's like any relationship. You know, my wife and I, 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 I why do I always talk about our relationship? I don't know why she, when I think about romance, she always comes to mind. Not sure why. But, but you know, we, we, I had to make a choice to say, okay, I'm going to go and ask that girl. And then she had to make a choice to say, okay, I'll, 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 I'll say yes, and we can let him start this relationship. At first she said no, but then she eventually, I wore her down, you know. Um, and but, so it's that continual choices we make. I had to choose to say, I want you to be my girlfriend. I don't want to just keep dating around. I want, I want you. And then I had to say, I want to, to you to be the one I marry. And I had to ask her. And then she had to make a choice to say yes. And on our wedding day, uh, we, we st stood there. And again, we had to make choices. They said, do you want this one for the rest of your life? And I had to say, I do. Yes, I do. And she had to say, I do as well. And, 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 and it hasn't stopped there. Every time we have a fight, you know, I know it's shocking that we have fights. But every time that we have a fight, we have to make that same choice to say, We're gonna, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to jump back into it. I'm going to choose this one. Every morning when we wake up, that's, that's the goal, is that every single morning uh, we'd say, I do. You're the one I choose again. You know? And that's really the relationship that God invites us into with him. The Bible says that this marriage relationship, when it's done right, is the best picture of our relationship with him. And marriage is all based on choices, choices that we make that we agree upon. And so here's the choices that Moses had to make. He had to make choices about family. He had to make choices about identity. He had to make choices about what would be pleasing to him. What would he, where would pleasure come from in his life? We're created for pleasure. The, the, the choice we have is where's it gonna come from? Treasure, he's gonna have to choose. What do I treasure? Where does my treasure come from? Uh, fifth, rulership. Who's gonna have the rule over my life? And sixth, sacrifice. What am I gonna sacrifice my life for? Because we all get to choose what we want to invest our life into. So you can call it invest. You can call it, you know, uh, or you can call it sacrifice. 
But we do not get to hold on to this life. The time will come when each and every one of us will lose our lives. And we either lose it to sickness or whatever at the end of our lives, or we start to make the choice today to say, I'm going to sacrifice and invest my life in on purpose, on assignment, by my choice. So we get to choose the mode of our sacrifice. All right, so let's go to the, the, the scriptures there. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an, unu an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands. Okay, so, so this is Moses. Um, here he was. Uh, actually, the first choice is his parents' choice. Let me read through the whole thing, and then we'll go back down and break it down. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Uh, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Moses is amazing. Thousands of years before Christ was ever born, he somehow had a sense of what God would do. His friendship with God led him to insights of what, what God would do thousands of years later. Sacrificing his own son. And furthermore, of the great reward that was ahead, not just in this life, but beyond. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. And so Moses comes to these forks in the road. Not, not quite a fork in the road there, but... We all in our lives come to consistently keep coming to forks in the road and pick them up and take them home and use them. Um, but what they are really is, is times when we have to choose. Do I go this way or that way? And today we're going to look at the different kinds of decisions that came to Moses. And the truth is they come to all of us. And Moses is kind of like our cheat sheet. He says, this is the choice you should make. When it comes to that moment, choose this. All right. So it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. That's kind of an unfortunate translation. That word unusual actually means like extraordinary, like beautiful. Uh, it, it's just a person who, they, they look at him with parents' eyes, right? Every child is so beautiful. And they just thought he's beautiful. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. So beautiful child or king's command to kill every child. And the first choice we have to make is family. Now, this is the natural family that we don't get to choose, right? We're just born into. But from then on, it's who you choose as family. Do you choose to be part of God's family? The Bible says whoever believes in God, he gives us the ability to choose to be family. Now, some of us who have that ability, we believe, we trust God, but then we don't choose to treat God like family. And then the Bible says this, this gathering, what we call church, it's meant to be family. But it's our choice whether we choose to treat them like family. And Moses' parents, they had to make a choice. Do we obey the law of the land? Or do we treat this child like family? That was a choice. Do we, are we going to be legal or are we going to be loving? 
And so often that is our choice, legal or loving. Are we going to be more concerned with, is that person doing everything right? Is that person doing everything the law says? And that can even be biblical law. And sometimes we choose punishing people for violating what we see as biblical law over loving them. And I love that Jesus chose the opposite. He said, I'm going to come with love first. I'm going to lay down my life first. And then I'm going to invite them into living out the life that I intended for them. That's what family does, loves first. When we choose family, there's two things, two aspects to choosing family. One is the recognition of those who have made the difficult choices and the sacrifices and taken the risk for us to become who we are today. And so family has a sense of gratitude. Sometimes we, we choose to focus on the areas where we disagree with our parents, the areas where we, they've caused us pain. But God's way of family is to choose to focus on, like we talked about last week, whatever things are lovely, of good report, worthy of gratitude. It's always just taking, and if nothing else, you can say, at least thank my parents for the gift of life. But in most of our cases, so many other gifts that they've given us. And that's true of natural family. That's true of church that's treated you like family. That's true of friends who've treated you like family. And we should always keep an attitude of gratitude in our hearts towards the people who've treated us like family. And then the question comes to us now, who are we treating? Who are we going to choose to treat like family? Because you have a choice. You can just say, stranger. You know, that's where that person is a, you know, acquaintance. Or you can say that person is family. And it's not always based on the relationship that we have. It's more based on the choice we make because that's the foundation of every family from husband and wife on. Husband and wife, we make a choice. Very few uh, husbands and wives, brides and grooms ever at the altar have ever understood the full weight of what they were agreeing to. For some of them, it's not to the point of divorce that they say, oh, man, I've realized what I was agreeing to and I'm not up for it. And that's sad. Because God's intention is that marriage is all about the choice, not about the compatibility. The choices that we make in the difficult times to say, your family. And with that same with friendships, that same with people you work with. Are the people you work with, do you treat them like family? Do you share the, 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 the deepest values of your heart? If you're a believer in Christ, do you share with them about Christ and about eternity, the most important things in life? Are you willing to treat them like family and share? Here in church, spiritual family, do we take care of each other? Do we say, this is family, and make a commitment to share with one another, treating each other like family, by choice? Next verse says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the, sons of, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And this is, has to do with identity. In identity, we're, it, there's all around us pressures, people who want to shape us to their picture of who they think we should be. Sometimes that is your parents. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's social media. Sometimes it's what you see on, t on television. Sometimes it's our own insecurities or our own desires or our own pictures of who we think we should be. The question is, so, so who do you allow to shape your identity? Which voices are you listening to? And a lot of times you can identify when you're listening to the wrong voices 
by the pains that you feel when you see yourself falling short of the person you want to be. Because God knows that we'll fall short of who he's called us to be. But what he does, he comes alongside and he says, there's no condemnation. There's just me here to help you. When you fall short, it's okay. That's why I died on the cross. It's so that you're forgiven of any times that you fail or mess up. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, of his intention. But he not only forgives us, but he comes alongside and says, let me help you with that. Let me show you how to take these steps. Let me give the Holy Spirit who not only will be a counselor to you, but he'll also be a power in you to help you to become who I've called you to be. And so you want to receive your identity either from God, the one who loves you, or from the people who are just trying to take from you. Where's the source of your identity? The one who formed you says, next uh, Isaiah 43.1, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. This is God. This is what he says. I've created you to be in my image, but I'm also going to walk with you in that journey into my image because that journey into becoming like Christ, it's not an easy journey. We only become like Christ through the shaping and the molding of difficult circumstances that come into our lives, which is why James said, man, count it all joy when trials come because these trials are how our hearts and our lives are shaped and molded. It's how we come to be in the image of God, which Genesis tells us that's what we're created for, to be in the image of God. But he says, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll preserve you. I'll save you. I not only called you, I not only tell you who you should be, but I will help you walk into that person, becoming that person. Verse 25 of Hebrews 11, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the pleading pleasures of sin. So Moses had to choose, where am I going to get my pleasure from? Am I going to choose pleasure over the pain that often comes in becoming the person that God called us to be? Do I choose the short-term pain for the long-term gain? Or am I going to give my life to short-term pleasure that destroys life? These are choices that we're faced with every day. Where do we get our pleasure from? There's a reason why social scientists always say one of the, the, the greatest determinants of success in life is the ability to delay gratitude, uh, de uh, not gratitude, it's delayed Gratification, there you go. I knew there was an English word there. Um, delayed gratification in our lives. That ability to say, I, 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 can, I can tough it out and wait for the greater blessing rather than trying to jump into the pleasure that presents itself right now. And this world that we live in is going to be constantly trying to get you to buy now, invest now, you know, to, 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 to get pleasure now. That's what drugs and alcohol are. Things that should be the kind of, of, of peace and calm, the kind of joy that should come from just living out life in the right way, we want to want it immediately. 
through chemicals. We do that, you know, liposuction and all these things, you know, because we want to we wanna just, we want to look good and be healthy without the work. <laughs> Verse 26, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. I love this, this one here. What do you treasure? God offers us a treasure and a certain path to that treasure. And God's path is so often through suffering. And Moses had to choose, do I want treasure or suffering? Now, now for most of us, that seems like a no-brainer, right? You want treasure or you want suffering, you know? Who is in for the suffering? But when we start to understand, see, like Moses did, for that it's not just suffering, but it's suffering for the sake of Christ. Moses began to understand God's big picture. He began to understand the life of Christ and what Jesus looked like. And as he began to see the beauty of Christ, the Son of God who laid down his life for us and that kind of a love and that kind of a commitment to the Father that Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear him saying. We're going to live this life of such a deep consciousness of God's presence in my life that that deep consciousness of the Father will guide every step of my life. And he said, that's, that's the kind of life I want. And he recognized that the time was coming that Christ was going to make that available to all of us. And he said, for that, I will forego all the treasures of Egypt. How's your consciousness of Christ in your life? Are you willing to forego treasure, embrace suffering because of the relationship? Now we see that in family relationships. We see moms and dads all the time will suffer and sacrifice for the sake of their kids. And that's what love looks like. And that's the life God calls us to. Love over treasure. Verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. I love that. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be frustrating for me. Where is he? He's over there, no? Where where are you? You know? But the Bible says that as Moses was walking through all this, as as he was doing that with God and saying, God, I'm not going if you don't go with me. He had never yet seen God. But all through this conscious awareness of God, which is the same way that you and I walk with God. So so Moses had this deep awareness of God, not only just his presence in his life without ever seeing him, but even his understanding of the sacrifice that Christ would make. He had to do that not knowing any history, just purely on that unseen conversation that, that conversation with the unseen God. You and I, we have the historical fact of Jesus coming, dying, rising from the dead. How much easier it should be for us to develop that deep consciousness of God. But it takes work and it takes choices. We have to choose suffering over treasure. We have to choose Pain over pleasure. And in this case here, we have to choose God's rulership in our lives. 
See, Moses, when he took the children of Israel, two million people out into the desert, the king of Egypt said, I'm not going to let that happen. And he gathered the most powerful army in the world at the time and chased him down and said, Moses, if you don't come back, you're all going to die in the wilderness. You're going to be slaughtered. We're going to slaughter you. And Moses is marching and he's going, okay, God, I trust you. Uh, I don't see you, but I trust you. What I do see is the Red Sea that I can't cross through. What I do see is the armies of Egypt coming after me. And so often what we see is so contrary to what we hear in our spirit. And if we don't have that kind of deep consciousness of God, we're always going to crumble and cave to what we see. So we have to learn to keep our eyes on what is, on the one who is invisible, and to give him the rulership in our lives over what we do see. So Moses had to make a decision. God is telling me, keep going right into that, that, the, the Red Sea where it looks like we'll drown. He's telling me, keep on going, even though the chariots are chasing us down and, and will slaughter us all. He's telling me to keep on going, and I have to choose which voice do I listen to. The one I see, the one I hear with these ears, or the one I hear with this the one I see here and here. And this is why we, 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 we encourage everybody, you know, spend time in the word and in prayer. It's to develop that deep consciousness of God because without it, we will always cave to the armies behind us and the sea before us and we'll miss out on the promises that God has for us. Rulership, you get to choose who rules your life. In the same way that, that Moses had the, this, the armies of Egypt who wanted to destroy him, you and I, we also have a ruler who wants to destroy us. We have the king of this world, Satan, who wants to take our lives and destroy. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. God comes to give us life. And we have to choose who do we want to rule our lives. The God who loves us, who gave his only son for us, or Satan who wants to destroy our lives take from us everything and make us his slaves, just like the king of Egypt wanted to make the children of Israel his slaves. Last verse, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. And here's what God said, the angel of death is coming in. Firstborn sons of every family are, are, gonna, be, are gonna die. But if you will take and sacrifice a lamb, and take that blood and, and put it over the door to your, your home, that angel of death will pass over. And in our lives, that's a picture of Jesus who gave his life for us. But we have to apply the blood of Jesus to our hearts and receive what he did for us. Yeah. And this is not the angel of physical death, but it's the angel of spiritual death, separation from God that we get to choose. So all of us will have to sacrifice and we can either choose to sacrifice the sacrifice that God is calling us to or our lives will be sacrificed by the enemy of our souls. You don't get to choose whether you live or die. We're all going to die. It's just we get to choose how we're going to die. You all are going to sacrifice your life for something. What's it going to be? Which treasure? Which pleasure? Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is the choice that we all face. 
Who are we going to give our life to? Are we going to give it to God? Or are we going to give it to the enemy? The one who wants to destroy us. God's intention is that as you give him your life, he will give you his life. That's Christianity. It's really a laying down of our lives. It's a sacrifice of our lives to God. But it's a sacrifice that God invites us into. And he says, if you lay down, whatever you lay down, I'm going to give you always better. Your sacrifice will always turn out good for you because that's God's nature. Whatever you give to him, he will handle with love because that's who he is. Every one of his actions towards you and with you is going to come out of a heart of love because God cannot deny himself. And even in the times when it seems like pain and suffering, it's always going to come for your good and out of a heart of love. Just like a parent who at times has to, you know, wash the baby, wash the kids, make them take a bath even when they don't want to and they're crying and screaming. God says, it's going to be good. You got to eat your food. You got to sleep. All that God asks you for is for your good. I want to encourage you today, whatever it is that you're struggling, wherever the fork in the road is for you, you're saying, God is, I know God wants me to do this, but I'd rather do that. I want to encourage you, this is the point, the place of surrender. And choose God. What he has will always be better. On the outside, it may not look that way. Pain versus pleasure, suffering versus treasure. But on the inside, there's no comparison for the blessing that God has for you. Would you, would you stand with me? You know, today we've, we've just given you kind of a, through Moses' life, we've given you an inside peek at what it looks like to love God, to choose God. Our deep desire is that you would know God in the way that Moses would that all the promises, all the blessings of the promised land, the blessings of an angel walking you into your purpose, you'd say none of that, that all pales in comparison to the deep consciousness of God that Peter talks about. And today as we, as we close, I just want to invite you into a prayer. Wherever you are in your life, just a prayer of commitment, it always comes back down to choices. It always comes back down to commitments. And to think through your life and say, where in my life, where, where is the, 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 that fork in the road? Where's that place of conflict in my life where I have to choose God or choose against God? God is standing at the fork of the road, that fork in the road, and he's inviting you to walk with him. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, today you, you see the, the heart of each one here. You, you see the place in their life where they're standing at the fork of the road, where the choice lies before them between uh, the, the, the pleasure and, and, and suffering, pain, and, and the treasure that, um, that this world offers. Family the way that the world offers it, or family the way that you offer it. Father, my prayer is that today your Holy Spirit would just open their hearts to see and embrace what you offer to them. That God, today would be a day then when their eyes would begin to open, they would begin to see the one who is invisible so that they could refuse the visible temptations that so surround us and call us into places of death and destruction. 
God, I pray that today would be a day when, when heavenly wisdom would come into our hearts and we, we'd no longer live the foolish, selfish lives that we're so prone to and that end us up in, in such horrible places of sadness and, and disappointment and confusion and emptiness. But God, may we walk into that full life that would make every other pleasure and treasure pale in comparison. So we say, Lord, forgive us of our selfishness. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the times that we've denied you and walked away from you. Father, we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus that, that covers over our sins. And instead, Lord, come and be Lord of my life. You be the one who rules my life. You be the one, Lord, may I sacrifice my life to you in, in return for the, for the sacrifice that you've made for me. Father, we, we invite Jesus into our hearts today. And we choose Jesus today. And at that fork in the road, we say, I'm going I'm to take the way that walks with you. That, Father, we become more like you and closer to you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.